The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help! I need somebody! Help! Not just anybody! Help! You know I need someone! Help! Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to episode 305 of Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. I'm a physician retired from medical practice. Our topic today is the question, what might lie beyond death and grief? What lies beyond death of a person is grief for the person's loved ones. Grief's a normal human emotion that helps grievers travel the road to healing. But sometimes what lies beyond grief for a griever is depression, perhaps even to the point of mental illness, and all the suffering that that brings. So grievers need sustaining The person facing death who is sustained by spirituality is traveling the road to another better and forgiving place. The person facing death who is sustained by acceptance is traveling the road knowing that the time has come. The person facing death who is sustained by the prospect of relief is traveling the road to a destination to a place where pain and suffering are at an end. The person facing death who is sustained by something we may not recognize or understand may be traveling the road in fear of the most unknown of all the unknowns of the person's life, which is why our topic, what might lie beyond death and grief, is such an important question. To discuss it, our guest is Sandra Champlain. Sandra is a top graduate of the Culinary Institute of America. She owns the Kent Coffee and Chocolate Company in Connecticut. She travels with world-class race car teams, providing hospitality in the American Le Mans and Grand Am series of motor car car racing. But her fear of dying led her on a 15-year journey to discover the undeniable proof of life after death and the reason why she experienced grief. After the death of her father, she created How to Survive Grief. This was a free audio that was quickly heard by thousands worldwide. Armed with this powerful information that has reduced pain and saved lives, she realized that a book must be written. In January 2013, the book, We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death, was published. It became a number one bestseller in the United States and Canada, and it's been rated one of the top 
grief and motivational books on Amazon. So welcome to the show, Sandra. Oh, thank you, Dr. Gordon. I'm thrilled to be here with you today. Great. Thank you. Now, Sandra, first question for you. Please tell us more about your life and about your experience with family caregiving. Sandra? Oh, ab- absolutely. In fact, just reading your, or you reading the biography about me, I'm thinking, gosh, what does being a chef and owning a chocolate shop have to do with my subject matter. And I think it's important for everyone to know that I'm just a normal human being like we all are. And my dad had been diagnosed with cancer in 2010, and I quickly became a caregiver and spent the last five months of his life with him by his side. And in the whole process, learned some some things about obviously caregiving and grief, because he did pass, and grief caused some um, separations within my family members, like we hear about. So although being a chef and owning a chocolate shop might not sound like um, something, uh, someone who would talk about grief and life after death, it's just I, I truly had to follow my passion, and I found some incredible things that help ease people's pain and give them hope, and I had no choice in the matter but to follow my passion and now be a caregiver and share this with as many others as I can to help empower people have really great lives and being able to them for them to support others. Now, let's go to the book. Let's please tell us about the book, you know, We Don't Die and exactly why you wrote it. Sandra The book is in three parts, uh, Gordon. The first part is my journey of why I believe we don't die. I studied greatly um, between medicine and science and major world religions and even tapped into the world of the mystical, the, um, the mediums, the angel folks, the mystics and things like that, all This I had done very undercover. I really had never, ever any intention of sharing it with people. I had a huge fear of dying that um, really um, hit its full head in in 1996, and that sent me on this expedition just for myself. If there's any proof out there that we go on, I needed to know it because just having faith in heaven or... um, in the hereafter wasn't enough to calm my fears. So very secret journey I went on. And so the beginning of the book is sharing about that journey and all the different things I've learned, all the studies that I took, all the experiments I did, and things that had me realize that we don't die. So for me, I got all this information. I had it all back in 2005. Of course, now we're talking it's 2014. Why did it take so long to get this information out in the world? Well, I never, I thought people were lunatics that talked about life after death, and I certainly didn't want to be one of them. Um, But like I said a few moments ago, my dad was diagnosed with cancer in January of 2010, and I relocated to Florida from Massachusetts, uh, where I live now, to be by his side. And in the five months I was with him, I learned a lot, yes, about caregiving, but also about grief and uh, suffered some terrible uh, miscommunications with family members, um, saw my father go from a 
74-year-old man who was healthy and bike riding 20 miles a day to being in a bed with tubes throughout and then passing away. Um, what I learned about grief, starting from my own really deep, dark place, uh, I chose to um, study grief to figure out why does it have to hurt so bad? Uh, why is there so much pain involved? Why are there so many miscommunications and fights between family members? And Gordon, I stumbled upon some information about how the brain works um, it, during the grieving process that was a real aha moment for me that I figured if I could tell people about grief, I think it would help ease the pain and give people hope and and make some differences within communication within families. And um I did find that information. I, I created, you had mentioned at the beginning, uh, a free, I created a free audio called How to Survive Grief. I bought the domain name survivegrief.com. It still exists, and it's just a free download. And after Dad had passed away, uh, I made just a few simple posts on Facebook to my friends. Didn't really advertise it or anything. And quickly, within just a few months, over 3,000 people in 15 different countries had heard it. And I started getting responses from people that not only did it ease pain and give hope and give tools, um, but it also, people wrote me that they chose not to commit suicide because of my words. They recognized that deep, dark place that they thought there was no uh, turning back from. They, they could listen to my words and realize, wow, that's, that's a part of grief or it can be anyways, and so those people chose to live as opposed to ending their lives. And so that's when I knew a book had to be written, by the way, and that grief audio has turned into Chapter 10 of my book. So I start off with my proof of life after death. I believe everyone needs to be educated about grief and how to you know, keep their families whole and, and get through it powerfully. And then finally, my book concludes, if we don't die, who are we really? And how do we have a life worth living that our families and our relationships remain whole, uh, that we have courage to go after our dreams, and and we really have a good, fulfilled life while we're here on planet Earth, not like so many of the people that have regrets in their final moments. We're going to come back to those questions, but I have another question for you just quickly. Uh, You've mentioned it already, but the description of your book says that you were plagued by a lifelong fear of death and dying. Tell us a little bit more about that fear and what it really led you to do. Sandra? Yes, the fear, you know, different times in my life, I was like, well, why was I so afraid of dying? And my mom brought up a very good point. Uh, like, it, it occurred to me that I just woke up one day afraid. And n- no, not so. I mean, I lost my uh, grandfather and grandmother early in my years. I lost certainly amount of pets. I was someone who was a very um, loving, and we always had household pets, and they died. And then I went to work in hospitals, volunteering, and nursing homes, and some after work every day, I would go sit with the residents and hold their hands and listen to their stories. And I fell in love with people. And then I'd come in the next day and they'd be gone. And so I got busy in my world of cooking and things like that. But I think underneath it all, um, I had suffered a lot of loss. And I just maybe didn't recognize it or didn't didn't want to deal with it. And then there was this moment that 
my life was just, everything was going wrong. I had a heartache. My boyfriend left me for another woman, and my work wasn't going so well. My business was failing, and, um, you know, I looked up at the stars one night, and it's just, you know, well, who is Sandra Champlain? What is my life for? Is there any meaning? And what happens when this is over, does something happen? And and for whatever reason, it just came up as this incredible fear that I I, I can't handle the not knowing if if it's all worth it. You know, does that make sense? I hope it does. Yes, it does. And that sense of that fear and is is everything that you're going through worth it points up the question of, well, what's going to happen later on? What's going to happen when I've gone? Is that is that something that you a question that you asked yourself deliberately in that kind of way? It is. It absolutely was, and I think that was the pivotal thing that I didn't have an answer for. I couldn't make any meaning out of my life, and I started digging for what the meaning was. And um, you know, at that point, I still hadn't found any evidence. But I, I just kind of said, well, if I can be the best person I can be, there shouldn't be anything I have to worry about. Um, and, and that was difficult. But, I mean, that had me start living life with a little bit of integrity, whereas in the past I might have lied a little and cheated a little. Um, but then I started having a string of, I would call them mystical things that started happening that uh, just opened up my eyes that, there, you know what, there really is some exploration to be done. Um, my parents were always people, uh, and, you know, I'm 48 years old now, and any talk of life after death that was not religious, because, I mean, we believed in that. I grew up Catholic, but we never spoke about people who were mediums or psychics. Um, there were few and far between that I had heard of, and so anyone who would even mention that kind of talk, it was just like we weren't allowed to talk about it. We, You know, that right. stuff's not real. So I wasn't that was it. open. That was it, yeah. Now, yeah. the reason I'm interrupting you, unfortunately, we do have to take the break, but we're going to come back to all of these points because um, they really resonate, Sandra. So let's take the break now. Okay. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley. My guest is Sandra Champlain. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio. Please stay with us. We will be back. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. What does success mean to you? Is it being just like the person on the other side of the fence where the grass is supposedly greener? We harbor too many feelings of envy and suppressed anger targeted at others, and it's holding us back from our success. Tune in to Wealthy Thoughts with Richard Levy. Just by listening, you'll be empowered to make positive lifestyle changes to live the successful life that you deserve to live. Wealthy Thoughts can be heard every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Get ready to experience a more fulfilling lifestyle. Tune in to Direct Connect Empowerment with host Fee Mazanki. 
The show will feature guests who have changed their lives by using the Direct Connect coaching program or have worked with the same concepts that this program offers. By hearing how others have been transformed, you will be inspired to move forward. Direct Connect Empowerment with Fee Mazanke can be heard live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. That's D-O-C, the letter G, at FamilyCaregiversUnite.org. Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week, Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Sandra Champlain. Our topic is, What Might Lie Beyond Death and Grief? Now, Sandra, let's talk about your search, more about why you started it, more about what you discovered, and more about the effects on you of what you discovered. So let's go to the first part of that question. What led you to start the search you embarked on? You've already said several things about that, but I'd like you to just crystallize what it was that got you going on your search. Sandra? Sure. It was a fear of the unknown, a fear of dying, a fear... Um, that when my body dies, that I, Sandra Champlain, my personality would be gone. And I had nothing to show for it, nor did I think that I made any kind of a difference in this life. And I was just not ready to go. And I wasn't sick, um, nothing looming ahead, but it was an incredible fear of not knowing um, what lies after death, who I am, what my life is for. And I secretly went on this journey to, does anybody have any proof? Now, let's talk a bit bit more about the details of that journey. Give, a, give us an instance of the kind of questions you asked in your search, who you asked them of, and the kind of responses you got. Sandra? The first one that opened the door wide open for me is I had, um, I'd like to say a moment that I started having these psychic hits. Now, I, I never believed in anything psychic. So, and if anything psychic did, uh, was available in the world, certainly it wouldn't happen to Sandra Champlain. But there was a moment where I jumped into a cab and I heard the name John in my mind. The cab driver's name was John. Um, the phone rang, and in my mind I hear Stephanie, and it's a telemarketer named Stephanie. I was at the racetrack. I had said I was a chef cooking for race car teams, and I had a woman working with me in the kitchen, and she made this delicious fish recipe. And she said she was adopted, but she had met her um, birth mother and and she said, um, I said, well, who taught you this, this fish recipe? Was it Joan or Margaret? And she looked at me. She says, I never told you their names. So <sighs> things like that started happening. And I would know songs that would come on the radio before I even turned on the radio. And this led me 
to go with a friend to see a very famous psychic medium do a stage show. And the woman's name is Doreen Virtue. Uh, she was once a psychologist. Oh, she's still a psychologist, but she um, started believing some of the messages she got in her own brain and ended up studying angels and became a medium. And uh, this is a long story, so I'll just cut to the best part. I decided to take a weekend course with this woman, Doreen Virtue, out in California. And her course was called Medium Mentorship. At the end of three days, you will be someone who can effectively tell the deceased people around others. Now, Gordon, I kept this very quiet because although I was afraid of dying and I thought this possibly you know, if I could, if I could do one of these medium readings, or at least see someone else do them, maybe that would calm my fear. But I didn't want to tell anybody because, again, you know, I'm worried about what people think of me. I used to think people were crazy that would talk about this kind of thing. Uh, so I, I took a weekend course in Laguna Beach, California, with this Doreen Virtue, and like I said, there was a moment that opened the door that something else is possible. When she welcomed the group into her conference room, there was only about 20 of us. And she says, I want to just take away the fear for you right now. We're, we're not going to do a medium reading right now, but I want to show you how one is done. So she says, okay, just for fun, everybody grab a partner. And she says, I want you to sit knee to knee and hold hands. And she says, what mediums do is we connect heart to heart and just imagine that there's an invisible kind of connection there, a beam of light, say, and then create and just imagine that you're in a very, very safe space that's full of energy. And the deceased are just people like you and I. You just can't see them, but they're still around. There's work to be done on the other side. They're not around you 24-7. But if you ask, Maybe someone will come in. So just to play with me, she says, I just want you to ask, is there anyone around your partner that wants to come through and give a message? So again, this was all make-believe. We weren't really going to do a medium reading. So she says, close your eyes. Someone go first. And she says, all I want you to do is invent a person. Make up that there's a person standing behind your partner and tell the story. Normally, you, can, you might hear what a name is or might see something about them. And all you need to do is just tell your partner what it is you're experiencing. And very often at the end, there's a profound message that comes through. Not always, but very often. So she says, just for fun, everybody just play with me. Invent someone and tell your partner the story. So I'm very creative, and because we weren't really doing a medium reading, I thought I could invent someone. Of course I can. So I'm holding my partner's hands. Uh, I had my eyes closed, and I invented that I saw a grandfather behind her, which was on her mom's side. He had blonde hair and blue eyes, and his name was Jan. His name was, he was from Denmark. He was on a fishing boat. That was his career. He died of lung cancer. He had a big gap between his front teeth and really windburned skin. And he had this message to tell, um, that, you know, I'm talking to the granddaughter now, that he had never told his own daughter that he loved her. And so he wanted the granddaughter to tell the mom that, you know, he, he loves her. So that's what I made up. I opened my eyes, and my partner has got tears running down her, her cheeks. Her grandfather on her mom's side, his name was Jan. He was from Denmark. He was a fisherman. He died of lung cancer. He fit the description, and he never did tell his own daughter that he loved her while he was alive. Right. 
Now, those, uh, that is a good summary, I think, of the, the kind of questions and the kind of things you discovered or led you to your discover. Now, I want you to, to go forward now and tell us about the effects on you of these discoveries, the sort of thing you've just spoken to us about, but the effects on you of all these discoveries in total. What were the effects on you? The effects on me started with, uh, first of all, I was completely shocked when that happened. That was the first thing because suddenly something that was in the world of impossible became possible. And then my partner turned to me and perfectly gave a description about my grandfather, complete with the German shepherd that was by his side and the cane that he always had and his uniform that he used to always wear to work. Um, So that opened the door. And through the weekend, I was only right about maybe 40, 50 percent of the time because when our loved ones come to us, it, it is just like our imagination. It doesn't look any different. So so often we can go to bed at night and have a dream about a loved one and we say, oh, it was just a dream. Well, it might not have been. Um, So after that experience, I just felt driven to, well, for myself, I didn't have to be afraid any longer. I had a weekend of not only experiencing these words coming out of my mouth, but people uh, telling me messages about people in my family, things that I didn't even know were true, and I came back and I got them validated by my aunt or my grandmother, people I didn't even know existed, did exist, and then I'd witness other participants um, with their stories for others, and they were so specific. So for me, it was just this, ah, not only do do we go on, but our personalities go on as well. We don't just go into the cosmos and become vapor or something like that. Um, that, that, you know, like I felt comforted that I would still go on. And then the, the two things that stemmed from that was, one, um, I felt without a fear of dying, I didn't have to have a fear of living there were so many conversations I wanted to have with someone that, you know, say a romantic interest, and I was afraid to say I love you or um, different things that come in or I can't possibly take this kind of a job or, you know, what, those kind of things. I started to take more risks. Um, I started to express more love. Things like that. When you're not afraid of dying, I think we can take more risks and not be afraid of living. And then the other thing that happened is that I wanted to be able to share this information with others, but the problem was is if I only relied on the information in my brain to help people, and I was wrong 50% of the time, people would laugh at me, people would think, oh, that's not real, there would be no comfort. And so I just said there has to be something either auditory or tangible, or there must be something else that I can gather that would help other people believe this is real. Because I certainly had met enough people who had experienced loss and knew that someday this would be an important thing to share. And Gordon, I truly am embarrassed and ashamed that it took me so long to actually get these words out because there has been so much pain, um, but I don't think 
I fully understood grief and I understood and have understood the pain of loss until I lost my dad and then also lost the relationship with, with my siblings. And it was at that point that I thought, I can't be afraid any longer. Uh, this is the time to get it out. You know, if I really want to practice what I preach, it's don't be afraid of living, have courage. Um, how do you get your story out the best? Have a book. And um, that's why I pursued that. Right. So just to summarize back to you, you transferred um, your fear of death into joy, expectation, realization of life. Would that be right? Yes. That's a very powerful message, isn't it? That, that's saying to people that there's hope, isn't it? It is, but there's one big problem. Yep. And that's ourselves. We each have within us this little voice <laughs> that is nonstop talking to us. You know, when I wake up in the morning, I want to hit the snooze button. I don't feel joyous about jumping up. I never, ever, ever remember that I've even written this book. I look in the mirror. I see gray hairs creeping through. I see the extra pounds. I'm still single at 48 years old. And all that comes through is this negative voice. And what's, even though I've accomplished all this and learned all this, it's hard, I think, for us human beings to remember and keep this alive for ourselves. Right. Because right. we all have this battle. And one of the big things I introduce readers to in the beginning of We Don't Die is that we all have what I call the voice. And now, talking, talking of that, once again, we've got the tyranny of time, so we're going to take okay. the break. But, Sandra, we're coming back to this. So, let's take the break now. This is Dr. Gordon Etherly. My guest is Sandra Champlain. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio. Please stay with us. We will be back. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit VoiceAmerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. If you're single or in a relationship, love can be hard to find. That's right. Even if you are in a relationship, listen for Conscious Soulmates with Susan Ordolano to find out more. You'll learn how to find your way into a meaningful relationship or to make the one you're in a successful one. Through the wisdom of Susan and her guests, you'll discover what inside yourself is keeping you from being happy and in love. Conscious Soulmates is broadcast live every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to doc 
G at FamilyCaregiversUnite.org. That's D-O-C, the letter G, at FamilyCaregiversUnite.org. Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week, Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Sandra Champlain. Our topic is, What Might Lie Beyond Death and Grief? Sandra, now let's talk about the conclusions, the big conclusions that you've come to as a result of your search. I'd call it research, but you call it search. let's, Let's now go into that big picture. What now, as a result of your search, your research, is your understanding of death and grief? Sandra. Oh, where to start? First of all, I want to offer to your listeners, I have a website called wedontdie.com, and I feel in the hour that we have, I can't give enough of the information, not just the story of working with the medium, but I'd like to share the stories of working with the the doctor and the physicist and the uh, near-death experience guys and, you know, all that. And so if readers would like to go to wedontdie.com, you can actually download the first couple chapters of my book, uh, and that's free, and just read more of my story, because obviously we can't get to all of it. Um, but my understanding and my big picture is, and this is, uh, Gordon, um, I I think I wrote this book for me. Yes, I wanted to share it with people, but I know there's plenty of people on the planet right now that are not just suffering the loss of a loved one. They may be witnessing uh, a loved one deteriorate or themselves. Their health might have changed. I um, I have beautiful stories. One reader had been locked in her house for five months after her husband died, and her daughter gave her a copy of We Don't Die, and she went from dying herself internally to living again, and she's out taking uh, dance classes. Um, it's, it's brought families together. Um, people have read the first couple of chapters and realized what their life purpose is for. Um, there was a woman I met just recently whose daughter had died of a birth control pill, And upon reading We Don't Die, I talk about in life either we can be a victim or we can be responsible and we can make a difference. And she actually took the words to heart, and now she has been written up in Vanity Fair magazine and spreading the words of whichever this pill is, how it can do damage to young women. And she was going to be on the national television show the following week. And um, although I say I wrote it for me, there's a lot of people that are like me on the planet that... Um, need a little hope. And a DJ that I had spoken to who who loves the book, he said, this is more than a life after death book, and this is more than a book to help people through grief. Although it does those things, it really is a handbook for being human. And like I said, without the fear of dying, there isn't as much of a fear of living. And for myself, I believe that our life is for a purpose. Um, when we all look back on our lives, we've had some joyous times and we've had some miserable, painful times. And when we look to see the person we've become, all of those things are necessary for us to have become who we are today. 
And I would have never imagined that out of my most painful time, which is the death of my father, would come the thing that is giving so much life and so much to so many people. Um, I mean, not just the people that chose not to commit suicide, but people that it really has breathed life into who have now been able to go after their dreams and be courageous and, and be in better relationships and all of those things. So I think our purpose here on earth, and I think we all have different ones, and, you know, it's not like it was, I mean, I don't know if it was pre-designed before we got here or not, but I think all the time we spend here on planet earth while we're here, we're here to love, we're here to learn, we're here to learn forgiveness, which is a very tough one for many of us, we're here to make a difference for another, I'm sure you feel this way, and many of the caregivers that, um, Nothing feels better than helping another human being. You know, the thing I'm most proud of in my life is those five months I was by my dad and making a difference for him. So we all have this journey we're on, and I think we each have a soul. That's the word I choose. This uh, internal being, which is our personality, and that's the part of us that loves to laugh and loves to love. And that part of us that goes on, uh, I think that, that part of us learns every time uh, when, we're, when we're here on planet Earth. Uh, some believe in reincarnation, other people do not. I had the pleasure of doing a lot of research on Dr. Ian Stevenson, who did research of 3,000 children who had near-death, uh, not near-death experiences, reincarnation claims, and he went back and to prove that these people actually existed. So I think... It would be fair to say for me that uh, we are recycled, you know, if this is a recycling um, era, that why not recycle our times here back on Earth and each time we we learn something new again. And many, many people say that um, we come back with our family members, we come back with our closest people, and we do it all over again. And and who knows? But that empowers me. And I think that... um, you know, we, I've often been asked, you know, well, where is this heaven? Where is the hereafter? Uh, where is it? And, you know, we have this invisible world that is resonating around us right now, and it's where the radio waves are and the television signals. And mo- many of us have, a, a whether it's an iPhone or a wireless phone, and it's not connected to anything yet. It is. Somehow, invisibly, there's a connection. Uh, my GPS can find, is connected to some satellite in outer space, and it can find me in my car through this invisible realm. And I say if, our, if the mediums and, you know, if we dream of a loved one, and, like, I could see this woman's grandfather right there in front of me, I think that heaven or the hereafter really is vibrating in a space that's, right around us right now, invisible to our eyes, but real, just like those radio waves. And right. Now, I'm only going to stop you because I just yeah. want to follow up on two things you've said. You've used the word soul, and you've also used the word heaven. Um, how do you or how could you link your understanding of what happens after death and grief with what many people call spirituality? Sandra? I'm not too sure what you're asking. Are you asking when, like the moment we die, how we, to tie that Broadly. in? Broadly. Thank you for 
querying me on this. What I mean is that spirituality to many people means that there's something else beyond what I am, what I am doing, and perhaps what goes beyond my life um, and continues. And it's a belief that there's something else there. And that's common to many religions. I'm not an expert in these matters. But when I talk to people about spirituality, they all have different versions of it. But what it comes back to is a belief that there's something else. Right. And you're and your parallel with the radio and television signals and things like that, together with your use of the words soul and heaven, is what led me to put this question to you. Sandra, how would you link spirituality with what you're saying, doing, and believing? Sandra? Yeah, sh- sure. Um, I mean, even though I grew up in a Catholic religion, I'm not a weekly churchgoer, but I am very spiritual. Now that I've had these experiences, I... I call it heaven because that's just what I'm used to saying. Many people call it um, the hereafter. Uh, Many people, instead of using the word soul, use the word essence. And the moment, and this, this information comes not just from one person, but I've, I've tried to research what those major world religions believe in those moments after death and the mystics and the mediums and the psychics And it seems as if those moments that when we close our eyes for the last time here on earth, and those are moments for many people that there's regrets and what I should have done and shouldn't have done and should have said and, and, you know, fear of the hereafter and God, if there is one, you know, but that's all that internal chatter, that the voice. And in the moment of death, not only does that voice, of negativity stop talking, but what opens up is like closing your eyes in one room and opening them up in another room. And now in this room or space, um, this, your deceased loved ones and their, your pets even are there just welcoming, welcoming you with open arms. You don't feel alone. There is a commonality people hear of a life review that we have. You know, we're drawn to the light. And I think... Light meaning goodness, light meaning actual, how we perceive light like from a sun, but a, not a burning of the eyes, but a, a feel-good, loving kind of energy that we're drawn to. Um, but this life review, looking back on our life and, and did we learn, did we love, did we forgive, and not looking at it as a movie, say, as to what we actually did, but to see it from the shoes of the people we interacted with. So if I had a fight with my mom, I would actually feel it from her point of view, what what impact my actions had. And it's not a, a make-wrong kind of a thing, but just to understand the impact that we have on others and that when we cross over, if you want to call it that, pass on, whatever, into this other realm, it's uh, it's a world... I don't want to say very much like this one, but so many people say it, it's similar. Um, may not it, there's more colors to experience this joy and beauty and good and love and and like good things, and it's a feeling of going home. I think many of us have had dreams at night that seemed so real, and then we woke up and oh wow, that was just a dream, and 
to have our death of our physical bodies and to open our eyes in this new place. It's from what people say, it makes this life on earth seem like it was just a dream, but that place is so much more real. And so spirituality wise, um, you know, I did actually write a chapter and we don't die about the major world religions and what those commonalities are that we all truly do believe in the same thing. And we just have different ways of expressing it, but that that we, our essence, does go on. That's a very, very neat and careful way, I think, of bridging many of the things you've been saying with what other people would perhaps term spirituality. So there's a commonality in what you're saying. And I just finish with a word that you used, the idea of home that we're going to is very powerful and it's very, it's very hopeful and it's very encouraging. Mm-hmm. Now, time has run out on us once again for this particular segment, so we'll take the break now, but we are coming back. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley. My guest is Sandra Champlain. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio. Please stay with us. We will be back. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in every week for the Wellness Lounge, a step further with host Desiree Watson. Our program empowers you to incorporate a wellness lifestyle into your life, supported by a diverse selection of guests, including physicians, athletes, and education and government professionals, while helping you realize the connection between mind and body and spirit you'll achieve a personal edge in injury avoidance stress management and personal development the wellness lounge a step further airs mondays at 9 a.m eastern time 6 a.m pacific time on voice america empowerment like so many others do you put on a game face to the world the stress of home life work life and personal life converge on us on practically a daily basis Yet, so rarely do we let others see our real selves, and we carry on like we don't have a single problem. We need to connect and to find out we're not alone. Tune into Stories from the Heart of Leadership with host Shamin Sadiq to find out not only what's been created, but the story behind it. Listen live every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org That's D-O-C, the letter G, at familycaregiversunite.org Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week, Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Sandra Champlain. Our topic is what might lie beyond death and grief. Sandra, now, 
Let's talk about what more you would like to do to explain your understanding of what happens after death and grief. Um, what more you'd like to do to link your understanding with spirituality. And what more you would like to do to share your message for people like you once were. So first question. What more would you like to do to explain your understanding of what happens after death and grief? Sandra? Hmm. Well, the first thing that comes to mind probably doesn't answer the question perfectly, but um, the honest-to-goodness truth of why I wrote this book is how much the words about grief impact people's lives and, and have. And so with the caregivers and the families, Anytime we have a loss of anything, we change of health, divorce, loss of a life, our, our financial situation changes or becomes poor, um, we have a change in our brain, a change in chemistry of our brain, um, and the grieving process can set in before someone passes, after someone passes. And so I just want to make sure within this episode that I know, that you know, that your listeners know that on my We Don't Die website, .com website or survivegrief.com, takes them to the same place, that everyone has those tools to help um, get themselves and others through the grieving process. So that, that's like, I just feel like you've you got to hear more about that. Um, but with that being said, um, you know what? I just went blank. <laughs> okay, well... You're going to have you, to rephrase you, the question, Gordon. I'm no, no, that's... A, that's, <laughs> that's what, what you're actually... What I'm getting from you is a very important message that you want to do more of the same of what you're doing. That is to say, you really do want, perhaps, to write another book. You really do want to bring the same message to more people because you found it so successful. And I think that's a wonderful answer to my and, question. And also is the more I share it, the more it makes it alive for me. See, left to our own devices, we human beings listen to the voice in our head. And most times it's negative and not empowering. And when I can wake people up to... Um, they are more than the little voice in their head, you know. I like to right. educate people on where those negative thoughts came from, and they all happen yes. somewhere in our past, and how to grab the steering wheel of your life and be in the driver's seat and really make this a life worth living. And, and there's something that I'm experiencing, and so are the readers of We Don't Die, that there seems to be more love present in their life. There is a feeling of freedom and being courageous. And even though a moment of fear comes up, it doesn't have to stop you. You can go through the fear. And there's this not listening to the voice or not choosing to. And there's also this um, incredible thing that when we somehow or another figure out or at least we think we figure out who we are and what our lives are for, and they're not perfect because that's, you know, we wouldn't be human if they were, but there's this sense of wanting to make a difference for another. So there's been so many readers that have wanted to give, and whether it's helping the homeless or like this woman who's sharing with the young women about the birth control pill or, you know, whatever that is, um, I think the world can be a better place when there's more people making a difference. So 
I, I had something neat happen um, not too long ago. A gentleman uh, had seen my book title, and he just, no way is that real. That can't be true. And for whatever reason, he it got under his skin, and he ordered a copy of it on, on Amazon. And after reading it, he came to me, and he said he was an atheist, <laughs> didn't believe in anything. And he said, you opened me up to spirituality, Sandra. Well, this man... Uh, Dr. Gordon is an Emmy Award-winning filmmaker, and he flew to my house in Massachusetts and spent two days with me, and he filmed a documentary about my journey. He said, if you can make that difference in a book, not everybody's going to read a book. What can we do in an hour that people can hear your story? So Fabulous. on my website, that video is also there. Yeah. But, yeah. but that's yeah, I'm going to. I'm only stopping you. Not, I yeah. wish I didn't have to, but... Because okay. of the tyranny of time. But okay. I particularly liked the way in which spirituality came into the picture. Because I think the links you've made already with spirituality will be important to many people. Mm-hmm. Um, now, my final question to you, the, the big one, is what's your message for people who, who are plagued by a lifelong fear of death and dying like you once were? What's your message to them? That we don't die, that we are more powerful than we even can realize, that your life is worth living. It's worth looking at the dreams you've had from childhood and fulfilling on that. It's worth having love in your life and being self-expressed and really playing full out and getting your money's worth out of this lifetime that you have. It is precious. And to have those final moments before we pass on to the hereafter, instead of having the regret and what we should have done and should have said or shouldn't have done, shouldn't have said, to not have that, but to look back and go, wow, I, I, re- I really accomplished something. That was great. And to just think of all the love you've shared and things you've created and the difference that you've made for others. And that's, that's what life is. But unfortunately, we have this little voice in our head, and just to empower yourself and know that that voice isn't who you are. It's when you can quiet that voice and just kind of get in touch with being in the present moment, and the real you can arise, and like I said, more powerful than you know. And you don't die. Your loved ones who have passed are still around, and you you can talk to them even though you can't see them, and you will see them again. So... To summarize back to you, and that's always difficult with a a very clear message that you've made, a very powerful one, what it comes to is living a life to the full that realizes all the good things of life and at the same time working out ways to tell that little negative voice to keep quiet and not get in the way and not obstruct you in doing the things that you want to do, you care about doing, and that are going to bring you that sense of achievement, um, that sense of having been useful to other people, that sense of having realized your abilities. Um, that is so powerful. And now, go on. So this is important, that when you look at another person, they don't know that they have that voice. They are a creature of their past and their habits, and to still to have compassion for people and love them no matter what. Very good. 
Um, I think that's a formula. And all I'm going to say to you, apart from saying thank you for this ex great episode, and thank you for being so open with us about your experience, your insight, and your advice. I think what I'm going to say back to you is the things that you, the more, the things that you would like to do more and forward, please go on doing them because they're important. And in doing them, I wish you every possible success, every success. And if there's any way in which I can help you by perhaps our doing another episode on Family Caregivers Unite, um, I'd be delighted to. Now, I want to say thank you to our listeners. We'd like to hear your comments on this episode. And from our listeners, I'd like to um, hear ideas or hear about ideas for topics or if you're interested in being a guest on the show. Our next episode will be Women Unite on the Web to Defeat Fraudsters. Please join us, same time, same spot on the internet. Talk to you then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again twice every week, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until the next show, we hope our programs help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.